Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Are your members quick to join, ready to engage, and eager to renew? If not, let's see what's going on and how to fix that. The best place to start is with the Member Experience Scorecard. With this one simple tool, you'll be able to see exactly where you have gaps that we should fill and strengths that you can build on. The download is free and you'll have insights in less than 10 minutes. You can download your copy right now at joyofmembership.com scorecard. Okay, if you're driving, maybe not right now, but when you get back to your desk. With no further ado, let's hop into the show. This week's guest is Emily Taylor. Emily is principal of Teeny Big. Isn't that a fun company name? At Teeny Big, she coaches nonprofits around meaningful engagement of their audience. She brings her experience with both the nonprofit and for-profit worlds to create a process that really digs into a user's experience and perspective so that lackluster followers can transform into passionate supporters. You know that engagement is a topic that I love to dive into. So let's just just jump right into this week's conversation. Hey, Emily, welcome to the program. I'm so glad you could be here with me today. Thank you, Joy. It's wonderful to be here. So why don't we start with you sharing with the listeners who you are and who you help? Sure. So my name is Emily Taylor. I'm principal of Teeny Big, and I help nonprofits turn their lackluster followers into passionate supporters. So I focus on audience engagement and help lift you out of your expertise so that you can connect with a broader audience. First of all, I have to say, I love the name of your company. It makes me smile every time you say it. Oh, thank <laughs> and, you. And I'll bet you get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, it, it really fit my, I, I like big picture thinking, but also looking at the details and how we can make stuff happen. And so The name just really resonated with me when I was going through the process. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics today, and that is engagement. So as we were contemplating what we might um, share during this conversation today, um, the concept of engagement paths was one that you framed up. Could you tell people about what an engagement path is? Like, what, what does that concept mean to you? Sure. So I like to take things from a human-centered perspective. And so this is your audience and how do we look at things through their lens? 
And when we just look at our interactions with them as transactions, so you bought a ticket and you come to this program and then then you forget about them and then you have your next thing and you ask them you know, if they can donate. So rather than looking at those as separate interactions, I like to see them as a path that you're bringing people down. And the analogy I've I've been using of late is, is thinking about playing a guitar. You know, you don't pick up a guitar and, you know, want to play the most complicated piece or understand really what the guitar is all about. You want to find something catchy and fun, the latest Taylor Swift song that you want to play. And you start to learn a little bit and a little bit more and get more into it and start to understand the nuances about it. And the same is true for your nonprofit. You know, there's just so much great work that you do as a nonprofit that people can't understand all of that right away. It's taken you a lot of years to learn and understand. And so we have to figure out what is the path that your audience needs to go down and how can you guide them so they don't get stuck in one place and not really like take as, you know, take as much action towards your mission as you'd like them to. So why do you think this is so important for nonprofit organizations? Well, I think, you know, as, as experts, you get really involved in what you do and the general public isn't as involved. And so we have to help make those connections to get people to the places where they understand the importance of our work. And so a lot of times I see nonprofits, you know, they might be experts in sustainability and things are happening around the globe. There's a lot of scientific research and the general public just doesn't get it. And so we need to find ways to slowly help bring them along that path of understanding so that they're as passionate about it as we are, or, you know, as as you as the leader of your organization. So as you have been working with your clients around this concept, can you share any examples of organizations that have done this work and what's come out of it for them? Sure. I'll give an example, the beginning of engagement and an example towards the end. So one organization I'm working with is an arts incubator, and they throw a lot of events. And we were finding that you know, when we built their engagement path, we're finding people were getting stuck at coming to their events, but not taking the action to donate to their organization. So it was almost as if they were seeing them as a entertainment venue. So they had really amazing events. People would bring other people to it, but they weren't making that that leap. And so what we did is we found that sticking point where people were getting stuck and we analyzed what might it take for someone to see you beyond just an entertainment organization or an entertainment organization that can feel good about buying tickets for to something that is doing bigger, broader work. And so what we did is we created three statements that they could talk about their broader work and say during the events that they were having. So really helping tell the story of why people should think about them as a broader organization beyond just entertainment. They are now testing those with users to see the reactions, to see what resonates with people so that they can integrate that into their events in the future and help remind people to to take that next step and guide them to that next level of interacting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I'll bet there are a lot of nonprofit organizations that find themselves in that exact situation because for so long, 
especially like pre-pandemic, <laughs> pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. you know, in-person gatherings, bringing donors together at, for an entertaining event, definitely commonplace. So I, I think that yeah, there are probably a lot of people can relate to that situation. Especially in arts and culture, because there are for-profit performances that happen. And so you really have to differentiate yourself and make sure that you're telling that story so people don't just slip into that mindset of, you know, attending a rock concert. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's a great example. You said you had another one? Yeah, so another one, I I worked with an Arboretum and they were actually going gangbusters with growing their organization. So they had a lot of new people. And in my head, I'm thinking these are new people coming into their engagement path, but they wanted to make sure people were not just staying in that beginning area. They wanted to make sure that they had the ability to move people up to the the higher levels of engagement, which might be being a a big donor, volunteering a lot of time, taking their work and advocating in their own communities. And so we talked to some of the longer engaged people with the organization and found that they were actually feeling like the organization had changed because of this new audience and marketing to a broader audience that maybe didn't care as much about the research and the worldwide recognition that was happening in the organization. So they were talking about the latest events or the lights you could see and the family-friendly things you could do. And so these longer-term engaged people were feeling like the organization wasn't staying close to its mission. And it wasn't that they weren't, they were still going to all these worldwide conferences and, and doing great research. And so what we found is we, we really had to segment that group and give them that behind the scenes information that made them more passionate about the organization. They understood the conservation, they understood uh, more about what the organization did, and they needed that, that higher level of understanding how this organization was moving the needle on their mission. So that is something they've been working on is how to get that information to those people and make them feel special, make them feel like they are a deeper part of your organization by giving them a behind the scenes tour, letting them know about the research, stuff that might bore (laughs) the, the wider audience, but these people craved it. And so that was, that was part of their path is really trying to to feed the right information to the right people. And I think the idea of segmentation is so important. Like the more specifically you can know your audience and and what they want from you that might be different from other people in your audience, the more powerfully you can create that experience for them. I'm always reminded of, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but a photography association that when they started really diving into who their audience was and the experience that they wanted to design for their members, they found that their members actually fell into three different types of people. You had the members who were professional photographers who wanted their their business to advance and they were looking for that. You had amateur photographers who wanted to get better at the craft. And then you had another set of members who were really people who just liked the photography. They liked the subject matter, but they weren't actually photographers themselves. So when you look at those three audiences, they're going to want very different things 
from an association. So that segmentation really created an aha moment for the person who was doing the experience design. And she realized that they needed three different experiences. And it led to this whole conversation about who is it that we want to serve? Who is it that we want to take on this journey with us? Do we actually want to be designing three different journeys or do we need to lean into one or two and let another one go? So just such important work around those concepts. Yeah. I've been using this analogy to of shoes and like no one just says, hey, would you like shoes? Every one of us looks for different things, whether it's fashion or comfort or something to connect with work. We look for different things in our shoes. And that's just something we all purchase and can relate to. So I just use that the analogy of it's the same thing with nonprofits. Like you can't just speak to everybody or it's just going to sound like, hey, support our nonprofit. Obviously, there's more detail, but people are getting so used to customization in the products that they buy, that the same is going to be true with the places they support. And so to your point, example of the photography space, there's probably several choices they have. And so what makes yours unique and different? And it, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily alienate everybody, but you really need to focus on somebody because they're, they're looking for that information. And I could totally picture how a program might be different depending on which of those audiences you would target. So if an organization thinks that they might be ready to dive a little deeper into this concept, where's a great place to start? So people can go to my website, thetinybig.com. I offer a 30-minute free strategy session to really talk through and see what can really help your organization, where might the problems lie and, and how we might best solve it together. We will make sure that we put the link to your website in the show notes so people have an easy way to get to that. Wonderful. All right. Thanks so much, Emily. Really appreciate your time today and sharing your expertise. Thank you, Joy. It's great to be here. Joy here, back with a few thoughts about this week's episode. Some of you may have heard me say this before, but in life, I think there are two kinds of people, those who adore the frosting part of the cake and those who prefer their cake without all that sugary fluff on top. My husband is a just the cake kind of guy, while I would take a whole plate of the frosting if I could. One time we attended a wedding and my husband picked up a slice of cake from the dessert table for me. When he handed it to me virtually frostingless, the only response I could think of in the moment was, seriously, how long have we been married? That man should know that I love my frosting, right? Similarly, I believe there are two layers to member experience. You first have the operational layer. This is the functional part. It's like the cake. This is where we pay attention to the structural elements that make your membership work. How you process payments, how you create, store, and deliver content, how people know when it's time to renew, what information gets stored in the database, are renewals automatic or manually processed? 
On top of the operational layer is the value layer. This is the mm, frosting part. The value layer is where you spread on the things that show you've been paying attention to member needs, that you understand those needs, and that you care about helping him or her reach his or her goals. Now, most organizations pay a little attention to the operational layer and a little attention to the value layer, and the result is a cake that is inconsistent. It's dry here, but better over there. There's a mound of frosting in this corner, but the frosting got completely left off in the middle section. The only way to avoid this problem is to intentionally pay attention to both layers through every aspect of your experience design. Now, I use an eight-stage model when I'm working with clients. This means we specifically talk about discovery, what you do to help new members find you, contemplation, what you do to help new members choose you, activation, what you do to help the joining process go smoothly, onboarding, what you do to help the new member access benefits, early engagement, what you do to help the new member get involved, extended engagement, what you do to help the member stay connected, pre-renewal, what you do to help a member recognize value that they've received, and post-renewal, what you do to help a member deepen their relationship with your organization. There is an operational layer and a value layer involved with all of these stages. When I'm working with clients around building care points into their member experience, it's really about being very intentional about what happens. And by skillfully addressing both layers, you can always be certain that members will be served the perfect slice of cake every single time. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.